Y'all ready for the work? Good, we'll get to that in just a second. But first, um, I want to do something that, um, that I had planned to do today too. I actually even had a graphic made and everything by our graphic designer so I could do this. And then this weekend, my, our, our staff kind of just surprised me and, and, and like honoured us. And so I am thankful. It's so cool to pastor an honouring and gracious church. And last night, they surprised us. We had no idea and uh, gave us, uh, actually, they pretended to mess up a song so they could start, uh, you know, so they could stop halfway. And they gave us a, a gift card uh, to a nice steakhouse, and that was really cool. And then the last service, they gave us some flowers. I should say, they gave Lauren some flowers. I ain't gonna hammer or anything. Like, so, you know, anyway, um, so no, beautiful flowers that Lauren will love, and the kids will destroy, and the dog will eat. And, um, but, um, but, but, but I wanted to take a moment as well and just honor our staff. We have a culture at Eternity Church. We say we honor up, we honor down, we honor all around, right? That's a part of our DNA at Eternity Church. And um, we don't want to be, see, Scripture says to give double honor to those who preach the word, but double nothing is nothing, right? And so we want to honor up, down, and all around. And, uh, and we've got an incredible staff here, absolutely incredible. I could go away for a month. I did go away for a month, and the church didn't die. It actually grew. And, um, and so I just want to honor them. This is not the Jesse and Lauren Newman show. This is just a whole bunch of people doing what God called them to do, to serve you and to bless our community. Amen. So could all our staff just stand up? Every staff member here, pastors and staff, stand up. Church, give them a great big hand and thank them for all that they do. <clears throat> Come on. It is Pastor Appreciation Month. Carson, are you on staff or are you prophesying? All right, come on. So, I'd hire that guy. He's a legend. So, but uh, hey, I just again, we want to thank them. They work so hard, and in this coming uh, this coming week, um, most of them will work harder than I will. Uh, in preparation for our, uh, for our service, uh, our Friday night service with Daryl Strawberry and our three services with him over the weekend. And so just make sure if you see one of them, uh, give them a gift card or take them out for lunch. Give them a gift. Give, write them a card. Uh, just make sure to thank them for all that they do, okay? And uh, you might not know, but, but so you, you may not know Steph, for example, but you wouldn't have any of your lyrics on screen or a graphic or a social media telling you what's happening if Steph didn't work here, right? And so every single person from the sound guys the social media guys the online you know every single person online did you know there is scheduled in every service there is someone upstairs making sure like listening online and tuning it in online so it sounds decent for you so that you're not overcome with bass you can actually hear the preacher right and there's people all over the place that you don't see and don't know that are working hard to serve you so say thank you to somebody this week amen all right, all right, all right. Today I want to talk to you about cancel culture and how much I freaking hate it. I hate cancel culture. It's the worst, right? But you know what I hate? I hate it in the world, but I hate it even more when the ways of the world infect the church. I hate it when the things of the world infect the church. See, the world is not a good barometer on how we should behave, right? Like we look at the world and we'll be like, well, <clears throat> I'm a little better than that. And we put our badge on and we're like, yay, I'm, I'm better than the world, right? Listen, the world is a terrible standard to try to beat, all right? The world is a terrible barometer on how the church of God should behave. In fact, being kinder than the world or more truthful than the world or more gracious than the world or having more compassion than the world or even being more generous than the world, those are terrible goals. I don't want to use the world as my barometer. I don't want to use the world as my indicator as to whether or not I'm doing the right thing because the world always changes. They're up here, then they're down there. It changes all the time, but the Word of God does not. Amen. What I want to do is I want to be kind how the Word of God tells me to be kind. I want to do truth the way the Word of God defines truth, not the way the world defines truth. Yeah? I want to give grace 
like my God gave me grace. I want to have compassion like God's Word shows me how to have compassion. I want to be generous like my God shows me how to be generous. Because the Word of God is my anchor. The world is not. Amen. The Word of God is my goal. The Word of God is our past. The Word of God is our present. And the Word of God is our future. The Word of God tells us how to live. We don't want to just try and be a little bit better than the world. No, the Word of God tells us how to live. It refreshes us when we're weary. The living Word of God has helped me love my spouse even when I don't want to. The Word of God has helped me be a better dad, and it's helping me raise godly children. The Word of God is where I find my identity, not in a feeling, not in a desire, but in the Word of God. Amen. The water of the Word, Scripture says, the water of the Word. It washes over me when I'm in sin. It lights up the way out of it. It sustains me when I'm depressed. The Word has lifted me up when I'm down and out. His Word is a lamp unto my feet. It is a light to my path. Do you love the Word of God, my friends? Come on, do you love the Word of God? Come on, somebody ain't answering me. Do you love the Word of God, my friends? Is the Word of God your anchor? There is no other anchor that you want in your life but the Word of God. The Word, sorry, the world, the world rewrites language. They're always changing what it means to be truth, what it means to do love, what it means to do grace. I want to do it God's way, amen, because the Word of God does not change. Can I get an amen? When it comes to cancel culture, I don't just want to cancel less than they do. I don't want to do it at all. I don't just want to cancel a little less than the world. I don't just want to cancel a lot less than the world. Well, they cancel everybody. I only cancel a couple of bodies. No, I don't want to behave like them at all. That doesn't mean I don't behave like them sometimes, but I don't want to behave like them. And when I do behave like them, I want the Holy Spirit to convict my heart and be like, Jesse, bro, stop it, mate right? See, by the world's standards, every one of you all deserve to be canceled. Come on. Hey, in fact, even, even, by, even by God's standards, without Christ, you deserve to be canceled. But I thank God for the cross. Can I get an amen? <clears throat> thank God for the cross. But listen to me and make no mistake, by the world's standard, you deserve to be canceled. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, they're coming for you. Look at your other neighbor, say, I said, they're coming for you. Listen to me, the world is coming for you. They're coming for you. They want to cancel you. They want to find something in your life and cancel you for it. They want to find an email that you sent and cancel you for it. They're coming for you. Remember that Carson King dealio a couple of years ago? You remember that? Like two years ago, feels like 25 years ago, two years ago, Carson, Carson King, you remember that? Right, Carson King, he's at a football game and he's holding up a sign saying, Venmo me money for beer. And everybody thought that was hilarious. And it turns out like $100,000 or something got Venmoed to this guy for beer. After a while, Carson's like, you know what? Probably don't need that much beer. That's not going to be a great life. Right? He goes, so I'm going to donate all this money to the children's hospital, right? Great guy, great cause, didn't have to do that. The money was given to him for beer. He could have done that and had free beer for the rest of his life, right? <clears throat> but instead he says, I'm going to give this away there. And, um, and, then, and then what happened? And everybody's like, man, Carson King rules. That guy's a legend. Everybody give it up for Carson King, right? And everybody's tweeting about him. And, and everybody's like Instagramming about him. And, 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 and even Bush Light comes up because that was his favorite beer apparently. And Bush Light goes, you know what? We are gonna, we're going to give money as well. We're going to match Carson King's donation and we're going to give to the children who are sick and, and we're going to make a beer can that has Carson King on it and everybody that buys one, some money is going to go to support the sick kids. And, and then one day this news reporter goes, you know what, everybody likes this Carson King guy. I wonder if he's actually really an idiot. So they dig up some past tweets they had to go pretty far back. I think they went back like five, six years. Dude was only 14 or 15 at the time, right? Which, by the way, I thank the Lord I didn't have Twitter when I was 15. <laughs> Anybody else give me an amen? 
I can tell you right now, none of y'all will be in church right now if I said all the things I wanted to say when I was 15 on the line, right? Come on, right? Anyway, this, this reporter, he digs it up and he's like, he's like, look, so this guy that you all love, look what he said, these racist things. He tweeted these things when he was 14 or 15, right? And everybody's like, we got to cancel Carson King. Bush Light, who, by the way, had actually retweeted the exact same thing that Carson had retweeted around the same time that he did. They're like, oh, we want nothing to do with this guy, right? So everybody starts canceling him. Now, the anti-cancel culture people, Hands up if you're anti-cancel culture, right? Yeah? Yeah, the anti-cancel culture people, they got wind of this, and they're like, I don't like this. So they thought to themselves, hmm, what are we going to do about this? Not you. You're perfect. I know. You know, you are perfect, just like Jesus, and, and that's awesome. You've been in the presence of God. You've opened up your hearts. You're all perfect, right? I'm preaching this, honestly, I'm preaching this for the people online. And, um, and, um, and so, but, 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 but the, the, the anti-cancel culture people, they were, like, they were like, man, I hate this cancel culture stuff. We got to cancel this reporter. So they started digging up his old tweets and they were like, we can't. Now, we, now the people who hate canceling are canceling in the name of not canceling. <clears throat> and I'm like, what is wrong with you people? They're like, oh yeah, but we cancel for righteous reasons. I'm like, oh, okay. I want to give, I don't just want to give more grace than the world. And I don't just want to be like, well, I cancel for good reasons. No, 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 no. I want to give the grace that God gave me. To all the people who need it, every time that they need it. Because we're the grace people. Because every one of us has done a cancelable thing. Come on, turn to your neighbor again and say, they're coming for you. They're coming for you. I know. Hey, hey, you've you, you've done something that deserves to be canceled or you've said that thing or you retweeted that tweet or you followed that person on the line. You jumped into that sin. You didn't fall into sin. You weren't walking along and be like, oops, and fell into sin. No, you were like, look at that. Let's go. Come on. You jumped into sin. You thought that thought. You made that joke. You said that thing. And the only thing that determines whether or not y'all are going to get canceled or not is whether or not they figure out what y'all did. That's it. Some of y'all are like, well, I deleted it off the internet. The internet is forever. It's there somewhere. Somebody knows. Some of y'all are like, well, I use a VPN. Nobody knows what I look at. The VPN knows. <clears throat> Somebody knows. Y'all have done something, retweeted something, jumped into something, made some joke. And the only thing that determines who will or will not be canceled by the world is whether or not they find out that you did it. But all through Scripture, we see that our God is not a canceling God. Our God doesn't cancel. Our God covers all through Scripture from the beginning to the end, we see that our God is a God who removes sin, who pays the price, who covers shame, who makes us new, who justifies us from the start to the end. Adam and Eve in the garden, do you remember that? Well, you weren't there, but you heard about it, right? Adam and Eve in the garden. Adam and Eve go ahead and sin, and they, they, they jumped into sin. They're like, ooh, apples, yummy, Right? And they start sin. Well, actually, the Bible doesn't say it was an apple, but apple says it was. So they jump in, they sin, right? And all of a sudden, they become ashamed of their nakedness. Isn't that interesting? That as a result of their sin, they're ashamed of their nakedness. What I find fascinating about that whole start is in Genesis 1.27, we see that God says that he created mankind. He says, let us make mankind in our image, male and female. He created them, right? In God's image, he created them. So our image bearing status, it's talked about. And then, our, and then male and female is talked about. And then, and then image bearing status again, that, that we're created in the image of God. That's the imago Dei, right? We are image bearers, right? And that, and, that, and that wrapped up in that is our gender, male and female. And it fascinates me that, 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 that two chapters later in Genesis chapter 3, that, that, that when sin enters the world, that, it is, that we become ashamed, that the result of sin is we become ashamed of our maleness and femaleness. Isn't that fascinating? 
that the result of sin is an immediate attack on gender. But what's interesting is when we were ashamed, when Adam and Eve were ashamed in the garden, what did God do? He definitely didn't point and be like, ha! Whoa, bro! No, 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 no. He killed a beast, made clothing, and covered them. He made a sacrifice that paid the price for their sin, and then he covered up that which they were ashamed of. Again, he covered that that they were ashamed of. And so it breaks my heart when I see people that have experienced God's covering then try to so publicly uncover other people's sin and shame them for it too. We, Lauren and I had someone text us recently. Oh, not recently. It was a while back now, a few months back. Um, and this person knows that Lauren and I online, we're not like famous or anything. I'm not trying to say that, but we do have more followers than this person had on our, you know, Facebook and Instagram, right? And so maybe 10,000 or something over the two. And so it's like, okay, so maybe we get this video on there. Maybe it'll go viral. Maybe people will see it. And, and, um, and at that point, we've had a few videos go viral about some of my uh, opinions. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> go have a look at it. It's, you know, anyway, and... Um, so, but this person saw someone in, in, a, in a supermarket or something just going off tap, right? The person was saying horrible things and treating another human like absolute garbage. They were awful. They were being terrible, right? And, and they filmed it, right? So they're, they're standing back and, and they're filming this, this encounter go down. And I, I don't remember if the things they were saying were racist or whether the things they were saying were sexist or if the things they were saying were, 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 were nasty. I can't remember it all. But, but what I remember is that, that they were behaving terribly. And this, this person's filming them and they say to us, Hey, could you guys share this on your platform and tag it to help it go viral to bring, I love the way Christian, to bring awareness, awareness to how people are treating people. Why do we feel the need to film people in their worst moments? Why do we feel the need to share it to bring awareness? That's, to me, that's exactly the same as the person is. I'm not gossiping. I'm just telling you so you can pray. Oh, shut up. You are not sharing it for prayer. Why don't you just pray? Have you even prayed? I don't, like, look, I'm sharing it for awareness. No, you're trying to shame somebody publicly. I wonder if instead of trying to expose them and uncover them, if the Christian could have offered to cover them and help them, pray for them, guide them, protect them. Christians should not be engaging in cancel culture. Listen to me right now. Cancel culture is sin. Cancel culture is sin. The things that you're ashamed of have been covered by God. So we should not dare engage in the uncovering of other people's sins and trying to publicly expose and shame them when God has covered ours. Can I get an amen? Let me, um, this whole last month was hot topics. Today is not hot topics, but, um, you know, as I was preaching it last night and today, it kind of got spicy and I was like, oh, maybe it's a little hot still. Um, maybe I'm still a little fired up from the weekend, some residual energy, I don't know. Maybe I'm just excited because I sat down for, for a few weeks, you know, trying to make sure I didn't come across as, as aggressive when I was passionate, you know. And so there's a bunch of energy now that I'm standing up. I don't know. But, um, but I want to give you a couple of examples of what I'm talking about, right? Like of exposing people, right? We all got school board elections, city council elections, and mayoral elections all over this city right now. You know that, right? If you want to know who I'd vote for, just drive past my house. I got the opinions. They're on, their signs are in my front yard, right? But, um, but, but here's the thing about that. Like it is, it's good to uncover truth about what's being taught to our children. 100%. I'm all behind uncovering truth, Right? 100%, not against that, for sure. It's good to uncover corruption in our cities and expose if our tax dollars are paying for ungodly things. It's good to uncover that and expose that truth, amen? It is good for evil to be brought into the light, right? Absolutely. But let's say you're voting for Jack, and I don't know if there's a Jack that's running anywhere in this state. I just made up the name. This is not a prophetic moment, all right? Let's say you're voting for Jack, and, uh, and, and, and Jack's a good guy. You've got Jack's sign up in your yard, and, and you've donated to Jack's campaign, and you're fired up for Jack's cause. And, and then news comes out that, that, that John, who's running against Jack, that, 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 that John 
had had a sordid affair. Because you can't say sordid without a British accent. Now it's in the news everywhere. John's sordid affair is all over the news. It's everywhere. It's on social media. It's all over the place. Can I tell you when stuff like that comes out, I've seen far too many Christians and myself as well be a little too excited when that kind of news comes out. Yeah? I have at times gone from thanking God for the light to rejoicing in their pain. I have at times gone from thanking God for bringing it into the light to taking pleasure in their hurt, to adding to their ridicule by sharing it, by making the jokes and yada, 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 to enjoying the memes way too much. And can I tell you, there's a big difference. There's a big difference between bringing the light and bringing the lightsabers. Come on. They're very different. One of them is, that's in the light. The other one is, and now I'm going to cut you to death with it. None of us can withstand the lightsabers, not without the cross, amen. Let me make this even more real for you guys. Um, Like I said, uh, it's still October, so it's got to be a bit spicy, right? Um, Let's throw these pictures up on the screen. Boom, all right? Let's talk about this. I'm going to start by talking to the Democrats in the room and the Democrats online. Um, Let's just be honest for a moment with ourselves, okay? Um, When you saw that picture um, the night after the election... Uh, of President Trump all disheveled and looking broken. How'd that make you feel? Because if I'm honest, it made me cry. Like man tears, like muscly tears, but, but tears nonetheless, right? It, it made me cry. And I saw way too many Christians sharing it, mocking it, saying, yeah, F off, you whatever else, and F you, Trump, and get out of here, get out of the wire, all this, just mocking him, uh, yeah, now you know how it feels, and all this other stuff, and I'm just like, who are these people? What is this ungodliness? This is not how Christians respond. That's not just a presidential candidate, that is a man. Whether you like him or not, he loves this country and endured a lot of hate for the country. When you see this, you you don't share it and mock it. You can share it and pray if it's like, man, this broke my heart. We need to pray for this guy. Not, look at this idiot. I guess we should pray for him. Or don't share it at all. Uh, Okay, all right. Conservative people, your turn. I felt the same way when Biden was falling down the stairs. I did. I really did. Now, actually, when I first heard of it, someone had sent me a video and it was edited and, uh, and it was put to music with a pretty strong beat. And it was like, it was like, and every, and every, on repeat. And I laughed so hard. I did. So right, I did. I was like, that's funny. And I felt so convicted when the Holy Spirit says to my heart, that's someone's grandpa. And then I cried again. Man tears again. Muscly tears. I did. Because it's not the way Christians are supposed to behave. We're not supposed to do that. I'm not saying you're a bad person because you've done that. I've done it too. I will again. But I pray my heart stays soft enough to have moments where I actually can hear the Holy Spirit be like, bro, bro. Anyone else have those moments where the Holy Spirit's like, come on, sis? Yeah? Yeah, anyone having one of those right now? (laughs) You don't have to put your hand up. Now, I get it. I totally understand the hypocrisy between the way the media covered Biden falling down a bunch of stairs and Trump tripping down one step. I understand that. Trump tripped down one step and the media's like, ah, this guy's not fit for office. He's too old. He needs a medical. We got to get rid of him. He can't handle the pressure and all this. It was awful. And then Biden falls down the steps and they're like, nothing to see here, it's just steps, you know? Oh, I get it, I get it. But we don't need to mock someone's grandpa to point out that the media was biased in how they covered the two men falling. Can I talk to you about, like you you can talk about that man's policies all you want, 
but you don't have to mock him for falling down steps. Hello? You can call out the policies without having to abuse the person. Is this all right? Cool, I can go a step further. We've done school boards, politics. Let's do guns. I was about to say, do we have any 2A people in the room? And I was like, of course we do. But um, let, let, let me be honest, right? There was a time, by the way, where I was so afraid of letting anyone know what I think. Honestly, some of y'all are going to hate my opinions on stuff, but, um, but that's cool, right? I don't like all of yours either, right? And, um, and so, but you're still welcome here. Um, but I am actually a, a bit of a gun fan. I grew up on a farm. I love to hunt. I was one of the, you know, one in every 200 people in Australia has a gun or something, you know. And, uh, and I was one of those guys who grew up hunting. I love it. Have fun. It's great. Um, I, uh, I definitely, um, as far as politics go, um, I definitely care more about um, voting pro-life than pro-gun. Um, preferably both. But do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, it's not, a, I do like guns, right? Um, and, and, and Alec Baldwin does not. You know that, right? Like he's pretty anti-gun, you know. He's hardcore anti-gun. At least it seems that way in my opinion. Um, but I also think that just not just the gun thing, but I think maybe like pretty much every single political issue you can think of, I think Alec Baldwin and I are probably not going to align even once, probably. And, uh, and, and that's all right. Um, the world would say because of that that he's my enemy, right? And, uh, and, and whether he is or not, irrelevant, right? But I can, I can tell you, we're probably not going to enjoy a, a, a cigar and a ginger beer together, right? Like, we might get, like, two minutes in and be like, honestly, this is dumb, hey. Like, man, I hope you don't die. Have a great life, you know. Have fun, you know. I'm going to go this way. You go, all right, peace out, bro. Yeah, wish you all the best, you know. That's probably our cigar and, uh, together, um, and so, but, but having said that, can I tell you, honestly, when I saw this photo of this man broken, that was a video too, um, crying, vomiting on the ground after he shot his friend, my heart broke because I have the grace and I want to share the grace that my God gave me. Hello, right? My heart broke. Now, yes, again, I recognize the irony that only a few months earlier, that man himself had written in a tweet as he was mocking somebody else who accidentally killed someone. He wrote, I wonder how it feels to accidentally kill somebody, right? And he was mocking them. And then a few months later, he accidentally shot somebody just like the person. I recognize the irony. I do. Pretty ironic. But someone's wife and mother died. And that dude made a mistake and shot one of his friends and killed her. It's in the light. Oh, just bring it into the light. Who doesn't know? Who you tell him that doesn't know? I woke up this morning, so I know, right? We'll just bring it into the light. Just sharing it so you can pray, right? Come on, let's be honest, all right? I wonder, could the grace people please... Be the grace people. Yeah? Could the grace people please be the grace people, even when it sucks? He made a wretched mistake that cost someone's life. He killed his friend. Too many people love it when these things happen. They love it. They're like, yay. They get excited. When tragedy falls on a family because that family isn't like this. Scripture commands us in the Proverbs, do not rejoice when your enemy stumbles. <clears throat> do not. That's tough, right? Aren't we supposed to? We're literally fighting them. Shouldn't we love it when they fail? No, we should love it when we win. There is a difference do not rejoice when your enemy falls. Do not let your heart be glad when he stumbles. Picturing Biden stumbling down steps. Come on, this is just too heavy. Now, this is insane. Listen to this. Lest the Lord see it and be displeased with you and turn his anger away from him. Do you want God to deal with them? Because he's going to turn his anger from them to you if you mock them. You know, you can cause their, you can cause God's anger to get turned away from them. 
I want God's anger to stay right there and deal with that ungodliness. So I'm not going to mock them in the process. It is time to cancel cancel culture. It's time for the grace people to stand up. It, 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 it is time to either be consistent in grace or abandon it at all. I'm a big grace guy, all right? Like I know I, I know some of y'all are in here and you're like, man, can you just stick to the abortion is sin stuff? Did that four weeks ago. People love it when the sermon's for somebody else. They sit in church and they're like, oh, I got to send this to Jenny. And you send it to Jenny, and Jenny's like, I hope they listened, right? Like, we're all like, yes, preach that abortion is sin stuff. Yes, preach that death is something we shouldn't fear stuff because we're going to go to heaven and be resurrected and live on the new earth and the new heavens. Yay! Yes, preach that God-designed marriage. It's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Come on, yeah, preach that. Yeah, clap, clap, clap. And then they're clapping last week because we're preaching that God set gender, God designed it, male and female. And we went to the Greek and we went to the Hebrew and we discovered that it has not been translated wrong. And that all the world, when they're saying, did God really say? They're just trying to confuse us because God did say it. Clap, clap, clap. Yes, Pastor Jesse. And this week they're like, I don't know if I agree with this. I'm allowed to mock some people. Look, I want the whole word of God. Come on, I want the whole word. If you want just some of the word of God, go somewhere else. I want the whole word of God, amen? The hard stuff, the ugly stuff, the stuff that I don't even get. But I'm gonna be a grace guy. Oh, I'm a truth guy. And everything I preach this month, that's the truth. Absolutely. But I got grace for those that don't meet the mark yet, amen? I'm a big love your enemies guy. Can I tell you that loving your enemies does not mean affirming murder and rape and and killing and lying and cheating and whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Go do that. No, 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 no. No, no, no. We don't affirm the sin. We're not being like, yep, do that. In fact, if you ask me, I'm going to tell you, don't do that. I've got grace for you. I'm not going to stone you. But like Jesus said to the hooker, go and sin no longer. Amen. But we got grace. Grace creates the space for growth. Without grace, there's no space for growth. Without grace, people just bail. There needs to be grace. It creates room for people to grow. Grace sustains us in our sin. Amen. But the scripture I started with today gives us a good indication of how we're supposed to treat our enemies. You want to go there? For all the people who are like, I don't like this sermon couple of verses after Romans 9, right? We're going to roll to, sorry, Romans 12, 9. We're going to roll to Romans 12, 21. And it says, if you're, this bit's going to suck. Are you ready for it? If your enemy is hungry, sorry, if your enemy is hungry, if your enemy is thirsty, for by doing so, you'll heap burning coals on his head. Now that line there is kind of brutal, isn't it? Heap burning coals on his head. But what is it? It's simply this. If you mock him and don't try to cover him, God's anger turns away from him and the coals get removed. See that? That's when you put that Proverbs with this Romans. I want God to take vengeance on evil the way he thinks it needs to be. 21, do not overcome evil by evil, but overcome evil with good. Some people are like, well, I'm going to overcome evil with a little less evil. No. We're going to cover. Amen. When our enemies are hurt, we're going to cover them. Come on, our God is the cover-up king. Come on. He covered you up. He's the cover-up king. Our God's not a God who cancels. Our God's a God who covers. God's not a canceling God. He's a covering God. Amen. So when our enemies are hurt, whether by their other enemies or by their own stupidity, we are the ones who step in and feed them. We are the ones who step in and give them something to drink. We are the ones who step in uh, in between them and the press who wants to destroy them. We are the ones who cover them like God covers us when we've done our own shameful things. Amen. That's how Christians respond when our enemies are hurt. Not by joining in on this worldly, ungodly, awful cancel culture. It's ungodly. Let me draw a line of distinction for you though, right? Because I know some people are like, but I just love to cancel. Is there something I can cancel? Yes. I'm not talking about companies, 
concepts and bad ideas. I'm talking about people. All right? I deleted Hulu and Netflix because of the stupid, ungodly stuff they kept trying to push on my children. And so I deleted it. I did not want that in my home. At some point, we have to decide, do we want the digital babysitter or godliness? Well, I guess I'm going to have to hang out with these punks more, right? But we were just like, we can't have this anymore. It is pushing way too much of the ungodly agenda on my children. I don't want it in my house. I canceled that subscription. I don't go certain places and I don't do certain things and I don't take my kids to certain places during Pride Month, right? I'm not saying that bad ideas can't be canceled. I'm not saying that you can't, you know, avoid companies that, that promote ungodliness, right? Like stand up for the truth. Stand up for godliness. Stop voting for people that don't align with your godly values, right? Absolutely quit doing that. Stop giving money to unions that support ungodly things. Oh, but the union helps me get paid more. Oh, I see your paycheck's more important than your values. Okay. This is spicy. (laughs) Encourage your friends to do the same. Listen, I am all in and all for canceling bad policies, bad ideas, destructive concepts. Absolutely. Like this week, I heard about something super destructive. I heard about, um, I heard about people called furries. And, uh, and I did not know this was a thing. Um, half of the last service had heard of it. The room was pretty much full. And half of them were like, yeah, I'd heard of that. And I was like, man, I have been living under a rock, right? Uh, hands up if you've heard of furries before. Man, same in here. I don't know how I didn't know this, but... Um, but furries are people who believe they're animals. And so I know that your DNA and your biology says that you're a man or a, a human man or a human woman. Like I know that. That's clear. That's very clear. But there are people who believe they're furries. And, uh, and what they're actually doing is they're demanding like uh, kitty litter boxes in bathrooms at the organizations or schools that they work at or that they, or that they attend um, so that they can go to the toilet because that's how furries, that's how animals go to the toilet. And they're, and they're trying to cancel companies that won't give them. Can I tell you how demeaning and how damaging that stupid concept is to our Imago Day, the image bearing status of God on our lives? Right? God created cats and God created dogs and God created lions. And when he did all that, he said, that's good. But when God created us in his image, then he said, that's very good. That's very good now that these people are here. It is so demeaning and so damaging to the mind. We've got to cancel this garbage. This is ridiculous. Now, the world gets what they get, right? Like, if you think that in spite of, and, and I'm not being mean, I love you all. Go watch last week's sermons for, the, for all that grace on it too. But, but if, you, if you're in the world and you think that someone who biologically and scientifically and medically and biblically and everything affirms that it's a man, but they can still choose to be a woman, well, then I guess you can also choose to be a cat. And it's so damaging to people's image-bearing status, so demeaning to God's design. We have to cancel bad ideas. We have to speak out against it, how ridiculous it is, how destructive it is, absolutely. But we've got to stick to canceling the concepts, not the people. Does that make sense? Now, I know there are some people who have done some really bad things. And I know it's hard not to cancel people who do terrible things, isn't it? Right? It's hard, right? And to be honest, sometimes grace makes me sick. Anyone else? You're like, man, this grace is stupid. Is it, do y'all act like I'm the only one? No, grace is annoying. Sometimes there's lots of parts of the Bible that are annoying, right? We're like, well, I won't preach that. You know, grace makes me sick sometimes. I'm like, you know, like if I had my way, I'd be like, you know what? We got grace for everybody who's done plus, you know, my level of sin plus or minus 10%, right? Everyone else can go to hell, yeah? Come on, that's how you would be too if you were the decider of who gets grace. None of y'all would on your own come to the conclusion that everybody gets grace. <laughs> You'd be like, 
that's a little too far, bro, right? Like, man, luckily it's God who says grace is for everyone or for no one. But I do just get tired of it when I see people do terrible things and not pay the price. It makes me sick, right? I recently read, well, a few years ago I read uh, about a super rich guy who got away with some very terrible things. He was a billionaire. He was incredibly powerful. He, he had a lot of influence over politics and our public policy in our country. And uh, he's very well connected. Uh, honestly, he still has a lot of influence over our policies and our, and our values in our country, right? And he's very well connected to the judges and to the courts and to all the people with all the power. And for lack of a better word, they're all in his pocket. You, you, you probably read about it too. I wish I could remember his name. Um, I didn't have time to go find it, but um, basically, after the fact, it came out that he got a crush on, now he's a billionaire, right? And he got a crush on, on the wife of one of his staff members. And so what he did was he sent that staff member, he rigged it so that that staff member was needed in their foreign office in another country. And he, and he knew that, 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 would, that the wife and the kids would stay behind because the situation in the other office in that other country was not stable, right? Somewhere like Iraq or something, you know, where it's not stable and the wife's not going to be like, yeah, let's go there. So she stayed behind. So then he starts courting her while he was gone. He falls in love with her and whatnot. They start having a sordid affair. And then, the, and after a while, she gets pregnant. Husband gets fishy. It becomes a hot mess. I think I'm getting it right. Um, and then they actually conspire to kill the guy. They have him murdered over there. And then they live with this shame for a while, and everybody's happy. They're clapping. They're like, yeah, 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 nice savior man, married a widow, treated her child like his own, right? But then a reporter or someone did some digging and found out what they'd done. It was all over social media. And everybody was asking for his head. The company wanted to fire him. We've got to get rid of this guy, even though he's the, the boss cocky. The woman wanted to leave him. His friends abandoned him. And for a while, all anybody talked about, all anybody posted about was this awful man. But here's the thing. This is what I mean by like when people don't pay the price, it ticks me off, right? So I'm with you. I get that. This guy didn't even get fired. He didn't even go to jail. I don't know, somehow when he had his day in court, I don't know if someone paid him off or whatnot, or, but the judge threw it out. Must be nice to be connected to rich and powerful people, right? Right Now, I get it. It annoys me when things like that happen. And I want to be like, crucify him, <clears throat> right? I want to be the guy yelling that out. I'm, but, I, but at the same time, there's this juxtaposition going on in my heart. I'm weird like this. I also feel sorry for him because he messed up and now the whole world wants to kill him. And the whole world hates him. And I start getting like really... Just, I feel bad for him. And, and when people are attack, I did it. When people were attacking Trump, I just wanted to hug him. When people were attack, attacking Hillary, I just wanted to hug her. You know, <clears throat> I, when when Biden's falling downstairs, and, and I was laughing, but then I got convinced I wanted to hug him. Right? I wish I could remember the guy's name. Anyway, the, the story goes on, and after all that, even though he got away with it all, he did end up getting saved. He met. He, he ended up getting saved. Gave his life to God. Right. He goes on, he wrote some incredible books on grace and mercy that you've just got to read. And when we find them, we'll, uh, we'll look for them. We'll have them out in the lobby over the next few weeks or something so you can have them. But isn't it annoying when people get away with it? I remember his name. It's King David. And the books were called Psalms. You remember the guy? Remember the guy? He got away with it. Some of y'all are in here and you're like, oh, I knew where you were going from the start. <laughs> Some of the rest of y'all who won't admit that you didn't know, you're like, this guy needs to be stoned. <laughs> we wouldn't have the Psalms. <laughs> I could tell you story after story of men and women in the Bible that the world would cancel that you would cancel. King David, Zacchaeus, the tax-collecting thief, Saul, the murderous Christian persecutor who ends up getting saved and becomes Paul and writes, the, the guy you know of as Paul, the apostle, wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. 
Rahab, the hooker, having sex with men in the walls of Jericho. That ends up helping the cause of the kingdom and, and, and marries a dude, has a baby that ends up, and she, she is in the genealogy of Jesus Christ, a hooker. <laughs> it's jacked up how much grace God has, isn't it? Peter lying about even knowing Jesus. Don't know him. Dude's dying on a cross in front of him. Nah, don't know that. Don't know that guy. Don't know that guy. Shut up. I don't know the guy. Right? And Jesus is like, I got you. The woman caught butt naked doing adultery. And Jesus is like, hey, I ain't going to throw stones at you. I'm not going to stone you. I love you. Maybe stop doing that. Right? Not to mention you and me. But instead of being like the world, let's quit looking for opportunities to cancel people and start looking for opportunities to cover people. Instead of looking for opportunities to shame people, let's look for shame and see it as an opportunity to cover, to feed, to give a drink, to give refuge. Amen. It's time to kick cancel culture out of the church. Cancel culture ain't right. It ain't Christian. It's sin. And it is not in the DNA of Eternity Church. Can I get an amen? <clears throat> Tax collectors are welcome at Eternity Church. Adulterers are welcome at Eternity Church. And they're here. When I say they're here, remember that Scripture actually says, Paul said that, you know, that is what some of you were, but you've been washed. You're no longer what you were, and you're no longer what you do. But keep your heart open for God to transform you and help you not to do it anymore. Amen. <clears throat> Murderers are welcome at Eternity Church. And there is one that actually attends. And when I say one, they're not a murderer now because they've been saved. But there is someone who attends our church pretty much every week who has murdered someone, done their time, and now comes to church. Yeah. Where are they? Look to your left. Nah, they're never to your left. They're always behind you. <laughs> Liars are welcome at Eternity Church. Gossips are welcome at Eternity Church. Can I take it up another level? Sexist people are welcome at Eternity Church. They're welcome here. If people aren't welcome at, if, it, if people can't change, people go, well, people don't change. People don't change. Fine, I'll give you that. But the Holy Spirit does change people. If we want people to be better, why would we keep them from the one place they could actually get better? Right? Go up another level. Let me, let, you know what? Last week was uncomfortable. Let me make you uncomfortable again. Racist people are welcome at Eternity Church. Someone asked me once, um, do you have racist people at Eternity Church? And I said, I hope so. I nearly ended up in the news. <laughs> they were like, what? I'm like, well, I hope. Because it's a great place to get transformed and stop being a racist. Is in the presence of God. Right? People who cheat on their exams are welcome at Eternity Church. People who do insurance fraud are welcome at Eternity Church. Socialists are welcome at Eternity Church. Abortionists are welcome at Eternity Church. People that just hate everybody are welcome at Eternity Church. People who love cancel culture are welcome at Eternity Church. But I pray that when they walk in these doors or as they run in these doors that they get smacked in the face hard and fast with the unending overwhelming generosity, kindness of God. 
that they taste the grace of God and that they see that in spite of their behavior, God is good, won't leave them, still loves them. And I pray that as they encounter His grace, that they open up their hearts to His life-changing power. And as they open up their hearts to His life-changing power, that their lives would begin to shake, rattle and roll and shift and begin to align with God's truth, the Word of God, because it is God's grace that sustains each and every one of us on the journey called salvation. Sorry, sanctification. Come on, could the real grace people please stand up now? I'm going to pray for everybody, but before I do that, I want to pray for people that don't know Jesus. I said some shocking things today, and I'm not sorry. Can't cancel me because all my opinions are online anyway. So... It's the beautiful thing about just being authentic, right? (laughs) You can't cancel authentic people. I'm like, oh, you'll find something. I already told you. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been and what you've said, He loves you and God has a good plan for your life. God has a great plan for your life. We never close a service without giving people an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ and make Him their Lord and Savior. I've said enough about how much he loves you, so how about we just give you an opportunity now to give him your life. What I want you to do is I want you to say a prayer that I say. I want you to repeat it after me because the Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you will be saved, okay? And so that's all we're going to do, all right? Uh, We're going to pray it, and as we pray it, just believe it. And what's going to happen then is you're going to become what the Bible says. You're a believer, or what we would now say, you're a Christian. And God's going to help you Line your life up with His plans for your life, with His design, so that He can pour out His favor and blessing all over your life. He loves you so much. So what I want you to do now is everybody repeat after me. Dear God, oh, sorry, you won't be alone. Everyone in the room is praying it together, okay? But especially those people who are away from God or those that have never had a friendship with God. Repeat after me. Dear God, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died on the cross for my sin and he rose again to give me life, hope, joy, peace and eternal life. I receive it all. I receive this new life with you as my Lord and my Savior and I receive your forgiveness for my sin, my past mistakes and I ask for your help to leave it all behind, to leave the sin behind and to pursue you and your plans for my life. I ask for your help to leave the shame behind. I just want to experience your favor and blessing all the days of my life. And so I give you my life. And I ask for you to speak to me, lead me, guide me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, give God a shout of praise. Amen. Well, thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, be sure to check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, please visit MyEternity.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at MyEternityChurch. We'll see you next week. Love you heaps.